Well, good morning, everyone. It is an honor to be here, and uh, I, I don't know, can you hear me, or is this just an echo in my ear? But, um, you know, every time I do get the opportunity to share the Word of God, I, I don't take it lightly. I, I come with, with, you know, a sense of, I, I want to represent Jesus, and this morning I was up early, and and I was praying and I was asking God just for, just for what God wants to do in our togetherness. And the thing, what the, the verse that came up was, yes, Philip. And people came to Philip. The Greek, I don't know whether they were Christians, but the, the Greek people came to him. It's there in, a, in one of the Gospels. And they made the statement. They said, sir, we would see Jesus. And I thought, oh. God, why are we here today? It's because of Jesus. We would see Jesus. We want, we want more of him this morning in our togetherness, and we want him to come and minister to our hearts. But you know, for us, we can get so busy. Every one of us have got a reason. We, we get busy in this life. We've got things that happen to us. We're serving God. But then through all of this, Lots of little things come in and he, before you know it, you feel that you are suffocating yourself. There's so much happening. And, but you, you are, you're in love with Jesus. But this one thing comes through our, our hearts. We want to see Jesus. We want, we want to just to be reminded of why we are here. And it is with this you know, in mind, it's, you know, just for us to constantly as believers... Be reminded of where we've come from. Be reminded of what, it is, what this is all about. There was a story that was told by, and they say that it could have been similar to what with David as king. And the king in his kingdom had this one little room. And once a year, he would go into his room. And everyone speculated and they said, you know, this king is going into his room in this little place building just to count all his treasures and so he would stay there for the, the whole day and he would come out and eventually the king passed away and everyone was so eager to go and look and see what was going on in this little room and as they opened the room they was very disappointed because in the corner in the, of this room there was just an, out, uh, an outfit of a shepherd with a staff and the king would come in just into this little room once a year and he would take off his, all his clothing, his royal apparel and he would put on the shepherd, the dress of a shepherd to be reminded of where he'd come from. And for us, we need to also constantly remind ourselves where we've come from, be reminded of why we are here. And uh, so today I believe that as we come, you say, we want to see Jesus, but it is with this. If we want to see Jesus, then understand this, that we, we're not just going to come and God is just going to come and reveal himself to us. If we, in our hearts we've determined, I don't want to come closer to him. I don't want to do anything to do, anything to do with him. But I believe that for us, what God wants to do here this morning, it's like we... Kim will be able to help you with this.
You know, it's like as a doctor, and you come and God wants to, with his, like the Holy Spirit, come and do surgery in our hearts this morning. You come to the doctor, and sometimes when you go to a doctor, and you've got, you know what is your ailment, you know what is sick, what is the problem in your life. And the doctor would come, and he would go to just standard procedure. And he would take, and he would start to check your heartbeat, he would take your your, your pulse, you, and you look at this guy and say, but you know what, I know what is wrong with me. I don't know why he would go through all of this, but it is standard procedure that the doctor would follow. Now, we come and we say, God, we want to see Jesus. We want Jesus to come and to do work in our lives. Then we need to understand this. Constantly, we need to remind ourselves where we come from. And it is with this, if we want to be reminded of where we come from and where we're going, then understand this, we keep that which God has laid in our hearts, which is, if it is Jesus, the main thing. We need to keep him the main thing. And it is with this, unfortunately, you can't add something to Jesus or next to Jesus, because eventually that thing will take the place of Jesus. In our busyness, in the things that we are facing every day, Try to just make this, make this, uh, it, it is a non-negotiable. Jesus will and will always remain the, the reason why we're here. And so it is with this this morning, I, I feel that we need to, as believers, we want to see Jesus, then there need to be a spiritual check. We come into, into the hospital of, of, our, of our creator and he's going to do a work there. A couple of years ago, actually it was the year, the December before last, uh, our son and, and uh, daughter-in-law with the three boys came to visit us. And the boys, are, I think they are 13, and th yeah, it's about 13, and the other one about 10 or 12, 11, and then the two little, small little one. But the two elder ones came and they said to their the, the mom and dad, they said, we would like to be baptized. And, but not just, we would like to be baptized on the farm, in, in the weir. So, and and they, would like, they would like me to actually be involved with that as well. But it was such a, such a tender moment. Here's the, little, the, the two boys, and the, there's the father standing, and uh, here they, they're all serving God, and though the little boys, they've just really just met up with Jesus, but, and they want to be baptized. So he baptized them, and it was, it was, it was an, a, a precious moment. And last year, end of last year, they came to visit us again. And early in the morning, I was out, as busy spending time with the father, and here the two boys came, and they sat there with me, they watched me, and I just felt in my heart, I, I just need to chat to them. I said, just tell me, the, the, the oldest one is Gabriel and the, other, the younger one is Roman. I said, Gabriel, just tell me. So, remember last year, we baptized you. So, what is happening this last year? And you can see they became very serious. And, and Gabriel dropped his head like this and he said, Grandpa, not much has happened. I've, we're still the same. Nothing has really happened. And I asked him why. And so we started to walk 
through that with them. And eventually, towards the end of our time there, you know, every day they would come and they would sit with me and we would, like what we talked about earlier, we pray together, I share the word of God with them and uh, I could see the Holy Spirit just doing a work in them and uh, Anton came to me and he said, he said, Dad, you know, you're saying things to them that I can't, they don't even listen to me on that. And I said, he said, you must just keep on doing this, just speak to them. But they left there and Anton had to go and buy them each a little, what do you call this, a journal. And because I've, I've got a little journal that I write down every day what God is saying to me. So I, I help them to understand what, what it is like. If, if we're going to see Jesus, then we need to make, purposely we need to make room for him. We need to go out of our way to, to hear what he's saying. And so that's what they've been doing. But it is just for us to understand that this is what it is like in the Christian walk. So what do we do, you know, if you are living in a home and you're staying in that home, what do you do with that home that you live in? You know, in that home, anyone will tell you maintenance is required. If you live in that home and you you can't just live in that home and never do anything to the home, all the time, constantly, there's maintenance that is required. For an example, if you go away on holiday and you've been away, let's say, for three weeks in the summertime and you come back and all of a sudden, unless you've got, you've got your GPS on, you'll drive right past your home. You won't even recognize your home because it seems like your garden have also gone on holiday. The grass have gone that tall, you won't even recognize him. Because it's like they, and it's like that in our Christian walk. If we don't pay attention to this um, with our with 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 our homes, for an example, and we and if we're going to stay the course, sometimes we get so overwhelmed, so busy with the things that's happening around us that we start to lose track of this. Sometimes God wants us just to step back a little bit, hear what God is saying to us. And, um, and it's with that, sometimes if we're going to keep on producing fruit, if we're going to keep on running this race, this is the thing that's stirring in my heart. I don't think for all these years it would have been just plain sailing if I didn't spend time with my master, with Jesus. We've got to purposely go out of our way to spend time with him. So this morning, if we come and we say, God, we are coming into your surgery. We want you to come and do some work in us. And if we don't listen to this, eventually in our walk with God, things will start to degenerate. It will just, it will just start to fall apart. Our Christian walk, it will just become dull. It will just be like, it will be like a religious experience. I had a friend of mine, you know, if, you, if, you, if you've got a motor car, with your motor car, unless you take that vehicle in from time to time for a, for a service, the motor car is not going to operate. Uh, if you run that car the day that you bought it and you're going to dr- drive it for until it's, the wheels come off, um, eventually even on the engine it's going gonna, it's gonna to show. Some motor cars, um, if they don't, if you don't check the the the, the, the 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 engine oil, like this friend of mine, 
he had a little Volkswagen Beetle. Um, wonderful guy. He was uh, really serving, serving God. And one day, he, he, he realized that he needed to check his car. Um, so he bought a five-liter tin of oil. And it was just in the car. He never checked the, the, the engine oil. So one day, he was driving, he came back, and he was staying with us at the time. And he came back, and as he came towards our home, um, he was singing, my Jesus knows just what I need. And as he was singing this, Dwah! the engine packed up. <laughs> and I said to him, Andre, you know, it's no use. You've got the oil in the vehicle. You need to check the oil. You need to put oil in the engine. Unless you do that, it's, it's not going to operate. So it's with us. We need to have regular checkups in our lives. And it's the same principle for us today. Now, it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit working in our lives, that will help us not to degenerate. And in, here in 2 Corinthians, and that's where we're going to read from, from 2 Corinthians Sorry, chapter 2. So, no, it's chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, let's read it from, from verse 8. From, from verse 5. It says, Examine yourself to see whether you are in the truth. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? Just... Uh, you know, just give it some thought. The Word of God says, examine yourself. Test yourself. Of less, of course, you fail the test. So this is not just something that applies for some of us. This applies for every one of us. When the Word of God says, you must examine yourself. You need to test yourself. And if we don't examine ourselves and we don't test ourselves, we're going to fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not that people will see that we have stood the test, but that you will do what is right even though we may seem to have failed. For we can do, um, we can't do anything without the truth, but only for the truth. So here when it says, examine yourself, God that comes in, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. I would say this, Prove yourself. Do you not realize, know that Christ Jesus is in you or unless you are disqualified? Prove yourself. Just do a test. Prove yourself to see whether you're in the, are on, the, on, on the right track. Um, in Amos chapter 6 verse 1, in the King, New King James, it says this, Woe to you who are at ease. It, just go and read that. Woe to you who are at ease. In the NIV, he said, Woe to you who are complacent. If we come, we've just committed ourselves to Jesus, and we think it's just going to be plain sailing, that's it. We're on our way to eternity. I think you've got, you, you've got a long way to go. It's, I think we need to pay attention to this and say, when the Word of God says to us, Woe to you who are complacent. In the message, this is what it says. Woe to you who think that you live on easy street of Zion. Woe to you. Though if you think it's just going to be easy, I'm living here on easy street of Zion, who think that Mount Samaria is the good life. <laughs> it is sobering. 
It's when God speaks to us, He says, Woe to you. This is not, this is a serious thing. It's something that we need to pay attention to what God is saying to us. Lamentation 3.40 says, Let us examine our ways and test them. Let us return to the Lord. Let us examine our ways. Well, let us search and examine. As believers, do that, do that. Examine, search yourself. If we are serious about serving God, do this test all the time. He said, let us lift up our hearts and our hands. Or let us search and appear before God. Examine our lives. Now the Hebrew, you know, for that means to reveal oneself. I want to come and I come and I want to, I want to present myself before God. I remember years ago, some of you might be able to identify with this, the older guys. You know, there's a time in the history of South Africa, as young, as young people, you, uh, it was something that was compulsory. Military service was something that you had to go, and go through. So this one day, you're minding your own business, and you receive this little love letter in the post. And it says, you will, not maybe, you will. You will come and you will uh, report for duty. But before you would report for duty, you've got to go for a test and the district surgeon would examine you to see whether you're actually going to be all right for this, for, for this, for this time period. And, and I'm telling you, this is, this is not if you, as a young person, it, it was frightening. You get there and here's this district surgeon and he's, he's checking you out. And he comes to one place and he said to you, now you've got a hoose. Some of you will remember this, when you've got a hoose. And I'm telling you, it is, not, it, it is, it is, it is not a nice place. But then uh, you actually now get into the, into the service. And I was fortunate. I, <laughs> I, I had some, uh, some, some troops with me. And this one day, we, uh, you know, when there's a parade coming up, uh, on that parade, there was one man, it was a sergeant major. When he's on that parade ground, not even the general could overrule him. But that, that night before, the one troop came to me and he said, listen, we've got this parade coming up and uh, you, can you help me? Uh, he had a problem, his hair was too long. And he, I, I, but he was a funny character, this. I thought to myself, you know, this might be a good time just to, to help him a bit. Uh, I said, oh, and he said, can you help me? I said, yes, I can help you. I'll cut your hair for you quickly. So I, I shaved his hair for him the way I thought it would be. But then he looked in the mirror and he started to cry when he looked at it, he saw himself. Now, <laughs> we're standing there on the parade. I'm standing there and all these troops are standing that side. And here comes a sergeant major and he came past this little guy, this guy. And he looked at him and he started to speak in other tongues. He started swearing. And, and I won't go into this. I can still see this guy's face. I can still hear him. And he said, who did this to you? <laughs> this guy, he's emotional. He stood there. And what the long story short is, after the parade, I had to stand before this uh, sergeant major. And I had to 
he first of all rebuked me for this, but, but this, was, this is what really happened to this guy. But uh, it is just for us to know that, you know, for ourselves, we need to regularly, we need to come for inspection. We need to come under inspection. Listen to this verse of scripture. In Job 1 verse 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came and present themselves before the Lord. This is in the Old Testament. It says, there was a day when the sons of God would come and they would re represent themselves before the Lord. This word would, you know, if you think of this, and you go into the, in, into the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, here they had to sacrifice uh, the offerings before God. And, but before they could do this, the, the, the sacrifices, they had to come and the priest would take this sacrifice and he would start to inspect it to the minutest little place. If there was a flaw, it would not be accepted. It would not be, it would not be good for him to, to actually um, to, 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 to sacrifice it. It would reveal every little thing there. Now, if we see this in the Old Testament, and if we see this from what the Word of God says, that for us as believers, we can't just go through this life, we need to be serious about this. That's why as we come before God regularly, we must inspect ourselves. We need to check ourselves. In Jeremiah 17 verse 9 it says, I the Lord search the heart and I examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. So, in other words, according to the fruit of his doing. I, the Lord, said, I'm, I'm according to the fruit of his doing. Now, I know that for the, when we look at this, you know, sometimes you say, oh, yeah, but, but what about this and what about that one? Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, O God. If the psalmist could cry out like this, Look, God, I'm coming before you. Search me and know my heart. I, 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 we, we cannot afford to take this lightly. So now we want to be, appear before God. This is celebration. We are coming, we are appearing before God. And God is saying, yes, now remember, if you want to appear before me, it's like you've come to see the doctor. And the doctor is saying, all right, let's just do a few little checks this morning. It's gonna, just going to reveal where we are. But more than this, we're coming into the into hospital, into the theater. Now, the thing is, if you go into theater and they put you out and they start to operate on you, you can't come halfway through the operation to the, to the, uh, to the doctor and say, Doctor, I've, th that's far enough. I, I would like to just, tomorrow you can continue. You are out. He's busy operating on you. So here we come today. You cannot run away from this. God is saying, yes, all right. All right, Lord Jesus, I want to see you. I want more of you. God is then saying, all right, if that is the case, you want more of me? So let's just go through some, just a couple of little checks in our lives. Where do you really stand with God? So first little thing is just in, in, in serving God. How serious, how sincere are we in serving God? But this is what God has called us to. Are we really sincere about this? In Philippians 1 verse 10 it says, 
that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, that you may be, may be sincere and without offense. That's two major words. That I'm, I'm coming, I'm here on this operating table. God is saying, all right, this is the first little check that we're going to do. Are you really sincere? Are you walking with no offense in your life? Part of God's plan for our life, like I said, it's like we constantly look at ourselves. And it's with this sincere, listen to what it says. This word must speak to us. Not, it is God speaking to us through this word. Now listen to what the word of God says on that little point, this little checkpoint. In Hebrews 12, verse 14, it says, make every effort. I want to make a test. I want to see whether I'm on the, on the right track. The Word of God says, make every effort. So it's not just a casual thing. I want to serve God. I want to run this race. Make every effort. And it says, verse 15, he says, see to it. Just look at this. You've committed yourself. Well, then see to it. Don't take it lightly. And now, this whole verse, it speaks about Esau. But in verse 16, it says, see that no one. It speaks about, I want to be sincere, and I don't want to be with any offense. See that no one offends you. Don't walk with offense. And, and verse 7, it says, afterwards, as you know, this with, with Isaac, he said, he sought the Lord with tears, but he couldn't change what he had done. And that's immediately, it's with that in mind, when you think of that afterwards, as you know, this that, you remember the, the king of Israel, when I think it was Elisha, he was on his deathbed, and here comes the king to pay respect to the man of God. And he, he received this word, take the bow and take some arrows and shoot it. <laughs> and he, he did it just halfway, and, and then he was rebuked. He said, you should have done this, then you would have had that. And that is the same word here. Afterwards, as you know, you know, for us, I think it's going, to be a, it's going to be a very sobering day when you hear this word. You should have done this, then you would have had that. So when we, we talk about being sincere, it's immediately as believers. That little word, it is still under, word, under the word sincere. Humility comes up. If I, I'm going to run this race, I'm going to walk with God, I need to walk with humility. For me... I've shared it with the, with the guys over the last season, and I, I feel that word humility. There's a lot that we can learn of, but just a quick story. When I accepted the Lord, I, I really, I got it. I came in, I was in such a bad place, and then Jesus came into my life. And I, I started in preaching the gospel three days after salvation. On this, during this course of time, a couple of years, and I started, I became like the youth pastor, and I was, uh, I started studying a little bit more for the, for ministry, doing, uh, doing the, some theology through a, uh, one group, and then I applied to go to this, come, to come to this Bible college, and I was turned down, only to discover that the reason I was turned down was my brother-in-law and the pastor they sent a letter into this college board to say that, please don't accept him. And I, I discovered it afterwards. I said, now, what is, what's the problem? And the, this was their reply. They said, 
if, if, if you go, who's going to look after the young people? I said, so you mean to say that you will sacrifice everything here for that which God has for me there? I was so offended. I thought, if this is what Christianity is all about, I don't want anything to do with leadership. I don't want ever to be in that place. And so this, I, I walked with this for about three years. Offense. I was, I was offended at the pastor. And, you know, it's always the people closest to you, my brother-in-law. I, I thought to myself, I wonder whether they've really met Jesus. So, you know, this pastor, he went away on holiday, and, but my brother-in-law was still there. But that Sunday, a visiting speaker came, and, and he started to preach. And the word came out, there's someone here, and you walk with offense. I'm speaking to you, you need to respond. I thought, yeah. You know, it's so true. That is that, this pastor who's on holiday now, and this brother-in-law of mine, Lord, you must deal with them. It's them. They must sort them out. The next Sunday, that pastor, that visiting speaker is gone. Another visiting speaker came, came in, and I, I had a good understanding of more or less, you know, in the, some of these old traditional churches, they had a certain way of doing church. You know, you would sing a few songs, and then there's waiting on the Holy Spirit for the gifts to work, and then, then they start to preach. And I thought, I'm going to be clever. I'm going to wait. Until I used to sit second row from the front. I, was, I, I wanted to hear the word of God first before anyone else. So I thought, no, no, this Sunday, I'm not going to, because God is speaking. But I knew it was me, but I didn't want to hear it. But I thought, I'm going to come in late. I'm going to wait for them to finish their singing and then waiting, wait, when they finish with the, finish with the waiting on the Lord, and then when the preaching is, I'll come in. Hey, that Sunday, the whole order of service was changed. I walked in there, and I walked into this, into this word. And the Lord said, today is three years you've been running away from my call. That day was three years for me. And I, I said, I, I, I just, and, and the word came and said, if you don't repent, if you don't you know, uh, come to me today, you're going to lose that which I've got for your life. But I came and I repented. I said, God, I'm sorry. But this, this thing, when it comes to, we talk about humility. Let me explain this to you. And, um, in, in the, I came from an old traditional church, you know, before I moved to this other Pentecostal church. But in this old traditional church, I remember I used to go to Sunday school. In a, it wasn't called Sunday school then, it was called Kinderkrans. The Afrikaans means a year, you'll understand that. Go to, to this group with all the young little people, young guys there. And they had a little song. Um, uh, Laat ons skyn vir Jesus met die helder glans. Skitter soos die sterre. Uh, and dan sê, ek in my klein hoekie, net ek en, ek en hy. You know, it's about me in my little corner, just me and Jesus. And you know, when this thing happened to me, this little song, this, is, this was me all my life. You know, when I felt offended, when I felt I've been pushed into a thing, I quickly would run into my little corner in my little box. It's just me and Jesus. There, no one will come close to me. 
For a lot of us, when we talk about being sincere, this word offense becomes a reality. You quickly want to just run into your little corner and just go and hide there. But you can't hide there. It's, it's more than that. So, God, it's, it's when I came that day, when Jesus spoke to me about this, and, and, I, and I asked for forgiveness, that day I started seeing the hand of God in the miraculous, in everything. God just worked. Matthew Henry said this, grow upward in heavenly mindedness, downward in humility. For us, this is it. When God says, how serious are you about me? This Jesus, is he really burning in your heart? Are you really serious about him? Are you walking in humility with him? The next little thing, little check, we in this hospital is trustworthy. You know, read the story of Ruth and Naomi in the Old Testament, in Ruth 2 verse 12, where it says, whose ways you've come to trust. Whose ways you've come to trust. And it is with this in mind, as believers, God have entrusted something to each one of us. There's this little place. This is what God has called you to. It is a trust that God has given to you. He's entrusted this to you. And you need to make sure that you, that you run the race, that you're obedient, and that you look well after this little, what you call it, lentil patch. You look after it. I had a friend of mine. He was uh, pastoring a church there in uh, Mamson Toti. His name was Bill. And Bill came and he had this um, friend of his, a lawyer. And the two of them went, went, to school, went to school together. And this lawyer came and he said to him one day, he said, Bill, you know, you and me, we've got everything in common. You know, we went to school together. We played the same sport. We, uh, everything. But the only thing that, that, that's the difference between you and me is I became a wealthy lawyer and you became a poor pastor. You've got nothing to show. And the look at his friend, and he, saw, he thought, hey, he felt pity on himself. And he just, and just then, just Jesus came with this comforting word. And he said to, to, he looked at his friend, he said to him, yes, but you must remember, payday is not yet. <laughs> God, has given us a trust. And if we are faithful with this little thing, this is what God has given us, we'll be able to hear God's voice one day. Let, I want to show, would like to show you something here. If you come to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and, uh, and let's just read this. And then 1 Timothy chapter 1, and let's, let's see. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11. That, con that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. This is the warning against false teaching. But what God have entrusted to me, I've underlined this, what God have entrusted to me, God has given me a trust a little lentil patch. This is what I need to do. But now, if you turn over to 2 Timothy, 
chapter, chapter 1, verse 12, it says this. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I've believed and I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him. <laughs> what have you entrusted to him? <laughs> you know, we've entrusted, God has entrusted something to us, but we've entrusted something to him. I, I believe that we have come. I've, in, I've put myself, I've laid myself before him. And he's busy molding me and he's making me. And as I'm listening to him, and I can pay attention to when he's pointing out things in my life, and I'm making the, uh, the, the changes, I've entrusted myself to him. As I've entrusted myself to, me, to him, daily he's removing, he's taking away that which is not there, supposed to be there. God is doing a work in us. And then we come to the third little thing, to be trustworthy. As believers, this word, you know, sometimes we don't like to hear things like this. But whether we like to hear it or not, God is speaking to us. He said that we are trustworthy. Listen to what the word of God says. Exodus 18 verse 21. Men that fear God. Men of truth. Men that fear God. Men of truth. You want to get somewhere in the kingdom of God? Pay attention to this. Joshua 24 verse 14 says, We serve God with sincerity and with truth. We serve God with sincerity and with truth. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 14, that we speak all things in truth. I think, yeah, if we are serious this morning, we, we just lower our heads and say, Lord Jesus, how truthful am I? in the way that I conduct my life. We can go out here exactly the same the way we come in. And this thing will not even do anything to us. But if our hearts are soft this morning, and God is saying, I'm speaking to you. I'm dealing with you this morning. You're in my, you are in theater this morning. I'm talking to you. But he says, how truthful are we in the way that we that we go about our daily life. Fourthly, to be honest. As believers, how honest are we? How, when we stand before this, here once again, listen to the word of God. Luke 8 verse 15. Those with an honest and a good heart. Those with, a, with an honest and a good heart. Acts 6 verse 3. Seven men with an honest report. Seven men... It, 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 these are hard things. God is speaking to us. Second Corinthians 13 verse 7. Love rejoice in truth. Romans 13 verse 3. So that our, our daily lives may win the respect of outsiders. If we don't know how to live an honest life, there's a world out there and they're looking at us and they, and they can see what we, what's happening in our lives. We go a little bit on here. 2 Corinthians 8.21 So we are taking pains to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord and of men. We, we're taking pains to do what is right. You know, the hardest thing when you know that there's an easy way out, it's easy to go that route. 
but it is painful to submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit, to not go that route and allow that thing to become a problem. And then Hebrews 13 verse 18, pray for us that we are sure that we have a clear conscience and a desire to live honorably, honorably in every way. <laughs> clear conscience. I live honestly in a honorably way before God. <laughs> that little word, my word is my honor. <laughs> in today's society, we don't hear much of that. <laughs> my word, is, is it still your honor? You know, what I'm saying here, I'm standing on that. My word is my honor. Number five, transparent. How transparent are we before God and before men? If I, if I read Revelation 21, you know, it says there in verse 21, this is what heaven is like. It says, was pure gold as if it was transparent glass. I look at myself, I say, God, I'm here. This, I'm on this table. I want to be transparent before you. If this is what eternity is like, how can we expect with issues in our life that we are not dealing with? We know God is busy speaking to us. Second Corinthians 4 verse 2 denouncing the hidden things of dishonesty. We are trans transparent before God. And then the last little point here, credible. In Philippians 2, verse 20 to 22, for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ. And we've heard people always saying, you know, they, they make the statement and say, you know, this is, this is mine. It's, this is my business. This is my home. This is, it's, everything is about me. Have you ever stopped to listen to yourself? Is it really yours? It's not yours. It belongs to Jesus. He can remove it any moment, any time. I believe that as we bring this before God and we start to inspect our lives, say, God, do an inspection on me that he will come and he will do a spiritual checkup, check up, a tune-up in our lives. And I, I would like to close with this. In Psalm 23, verse 1 to 3, it says this in the message. He said, Clear my name, O God. I've kept an honest shop. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's one thing. When, if you're a business owner, and you get the auditors in to come and do a a check on your life, on your business. He said, I've, I've kept an honest, honest shop. <laughs> I've thrown in my lot with you. Examine me from head to foot. He said, if we can come and say, God, this is me. Come and do an audit on my life. It's a scary thing. If we were to come and say, God, this morning, just do an audit here. Just for those of you a little bit more from a mechanical point of view. He said, order your battery test. Make sure that I'm fit from inside out. So God is coming and he's saying, let me just do a test to see how much, if there are maybe any cells in this battery that is flat, that's corroded. Order your battery test. 
Now, if God comes and, he, and He's speaking to us like this, He's saying, I want to do surgery in you. This, this what we're talking about, this is everyday Christianity. This is the way that we can come before God. I, I remember as a young man, I, I wrote this, and it sounds like, like old-fashioned, like something that is, that is old, but I've, in my Bible, if you were to take my Bible and you look at this, this is something I wrote down here. It's an old hymn, and I would like to close with this. And when you say, God, come and do a check in my life, this is what this old guy who wrote this, he wrote this hymn and he said, I want, dear Lord, a heart that is true and clean, a sunlit heart with not a cloud between, a heart like thine, a heart divine, a heart as white as snow. On me, dear Lord, a heart like this bestow. Then he goes on and said, I want, dear Lord, a love that feels for all, a deep, strong love, love, that answers every call, a love like thine, a love divine, a love for high and low. On me, dear Lord, a love like this bestow. And then the last little bit of that is, goes like this. Says, I want, dear Lord, a soul that is on fire for ye, a soul that is baptized with heavenly energy, a willing mind, a ready hand to do whatever I know, to spread your light wherever I may go. This is what this, this, this hymn said. In some ways, have we, allowed, have we ever thought of God, my life, this short little space that I've got, may my life count for you. There's so much that God wants to do through us. There's work that needs to be done. If, if we, we want to see the bigger, look at yourself Allow God to do a work in our, in our lives this morning. I believe as we do that, we'll step into the new. Thanks, Bruce. God bless you.